I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Oi, oi, come on, step right up to daddy's coconut shy of crime. But whose daddy, you ask? That would be me, Jack Beaumont, a.k.a. your lanky action man hero, a.k.a. the Prince of Darkness and Greenwich Borough. It's the smuggler. He's got a name, by the way, that's Jim Carner. He did serious time in a foreign jail. I love this episode so much that I couldn't trim it down to my usual half an hour. It's too good. Um, so, uh, here it is. <laughs> So, Jim, am I right in thinking that you got caught smuggling hash into somewhere you shouldn't be? Yeah, I was in Sri Lanka. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine and me, we thought it was a good idea to smuggle hash from India to Sri Lanka and got caught. So, did you get kind of propositioned or did you just hear of somewhere you could get cheap hash? Basically... um, I know an old roster in Sri Lanka who has been doing it for years and years. Uh, he knew a guy in the Himalayas, and so we went and met this met this guy, and he, he sorted us out about half a kilo of this hash, and um, yeah, we tried to take it back to Sri Lanka. The idea being that it'd be more expensive there and you can make some wedge, is that the idea? It was very cheap in India, but mostly we, we had a long holiday in Sri Lanka, we were there for about three months and we just wanted to smoke it. Yeah, so did you sample it down on the way? Because it's quite a distance, you can go all the way through India, right? Yeah, yeah, so we, you fly to Delhi and you get a 15 hour bus up to the mountains and uh, we stayed there for a couple of weeks, you know, smoking and just hanging out. We posted it, we had it packed and we posted it to Sri Lanka and met it there. Okay, so you've posted it, to Sri Lanka and then you are making your way down how long does it take to get down to the port is it ferry you get to Sri Lanka or do you fly there uh, we flew yeah okay so you've posted it and you're going to fly there you're flying there from Delhi yeah alright and then you get to Sri Lanka so what So what it was basically before we went to India we were staying in a guy's flat in Sri Lanka who he was going away and we were staying there he said look post it to my flat and use the woman's name who used to live here so he gave us this name, so we went to India, we put her name on all the uh, parcels, and we came back to Sri Lanka. The parcel arrived about two days after we did. So we went to the central post office, and um, I had a guy who worked in the post office who was going to clear it for me. But the unlucky thing was that the name he had given me 
happened to be a, a famous actress in Sri Lanka from like the 70s. So all the guys who worked there knew who she was. She was like huge. And um, yeah, they just flagged it straight away. Did and your he, mate in Sri Lanka not know that she was a famous actor? No, he, he had no idea. Fuck. All he, right. he was, you know, a different generation and he grew up growing up. So yeah. So he's unwittingly given you the name of a famous yeah. actress, like, I get possibly what's the equivalent, like Judy fucking Dench or something. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he's, given you the, much, yeah. he's given you the name of the Sri Lankan Judy Jen. Yeah. Do you remember what her name was? I do remember what her name was. Do you want to say it? Um, we can bleep it out later if you don't want it to be in. It was Okay. <clears throat> so he's given you Judy Dench's uh, name, and it's, and so it's been flagged purely because of the name mix-up. Yeah, basically, there was a bit, we were in the room where they, they were going to hand it over, and the guy was there, and a, a couple of the guys who were going through them, you know, they saw this name and they started talking amongst themselves. Oh, so so, so you, you've arrived two days before the package, yeah? Yeah. And then it's not turned up, so that's why you've gone to the post office, or you've been told no, it's been flagged up? It's it's turned up, and we've got a little card Okay. Yeah. It's come saying your package has arrived. You have to sign for it. Mm. But the guy who owned the flat, his friend was an art major, and he forged a signature of the woman. Just you know, wrote it. However, so I took that down there with my friend, and um, yeah, and that's when they realised she was famous, and they started um, asking questions. Really, have they taken you to, to a little question room at this point? No, no. They just um, so these guys in India, they pack this stuff really well. They put it into belts, shoes, speakers, you name it. We had it packed a bit more simply. It was in a, it was in books because we assumed this guy was going to clear it. Anyway, they start opening it all up, and that's when it all went wrong. Mm. And they're opening it up in front of you. Yeah. In just a random post office. In a in a in the central post office. Central post Columbia office. Central post office. So I imagine their expressions are kind of like fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, are people looking at you like passers by, like members of the public? They like. Well, as soon as it's opened and they see what it is, it falls out. You know, this lump of hash in there. Yeah, then people were definitely looking at Fuck, yeah, what happens next? So basically, I look at my mate, and we're standing there for about 30 seconds, and they look at us, and then we legged it. And uh, my mate managed to get out of the building, but what we didn't think of at the time is that Central Post Office has got customs, it's got police, there's just so many. Um, so I got caught, they held, they held like a box cutter to my neck, so I couldn't leave sat me down and I waited for the um, narcotics to arrive. And they coughed you at this point? Or they just told they, you? They, they were just holding me until yeah, the, yeah. the narcotics arrived, yeah. So before we get to the rest of what happens to you, let's go back to your mate, what happened to him? So he managed to get out the door and he got away. Later down the line, he about a week later, he ended up getting caught at the airport trying to leave. They've got his details well, kind of thing. Yeah, basically, when after I'd been arrested, they had uh, my passport and they checked who I flew into the country with. Okay, yeah. One of the guys who had already left, but he was... The second guy was with me and he, his name came up. Yeah, yeah, so he's got just been taken down fully at the airport. Yeah, they? they cuffed him to a chair. He was like there 24 hours, I think, cuffed to this chair in the airport. Fuck, right, let's cuffed. go back to you then. You've been, you're waiting for the narcotics squad to arrive. Yeah. What happens then? So we've got this angry mob, they're holding me down. And then, yeah, narcotics guy comes. He's this big, kind of chunky, looks quite alcoholic. He says to me, look, man, he's like, I would charge you a little, you know, backsheesh and let you get on with it but so many people have seen you now, I'm gonna to have to take you in. Mm. Um, so they cuff me and they take me to the narcotics bureau. And um, I'm held there for seven days. It's really weird, it's like constant lights on. Uh, they, they, made, they make this like a concrete bed, but it's too small to like sleep on. So you have to kind of sleep on your side or on the floor. It's just like toilet in the room, uh, stand up for the national anthem every day, that kind of vibe. 
Fuck. And you were you were so with other people or you just were just double back by myself. Yeah, yeah. And um what kind of, is it in disrepair? Is it smelly? What's it looking oh, like? Oh yeah, it's like peeling, it's old colonial building, fifties English colonial, peeling walls, like metal bars, all the windows are like sealed. Um you know, scratching tannoy with the national anthem. Fuck. Are they are they feeding you well? No, it was just simple, really cheap Sri Lankan rice and curry. Um, they would come and like take the piss out of me sometimes and like say stuff. I think they've got this whole thing because I was English, you know, it's an ex colony. They were kind of taking a bit of satisfaction in the fact. Yeah, and they were speaking English at you? They all speaking English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of things are they saying? Oh, they say, oh, you know, you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. I hope you like eating rice because that's all you're going to ever eat again. That kind of stuff. And what's your mental state at this point? Are you feeling I was fragile? Actually, I was actually really calm. It's um, It was later on that it really hit me. But this, I was trying to be strong and just keep calm. Just yeah. kind of smile my way through it. Yeah. Um, the similar sort of strange to say that because when I the, the, I got nicked in Croatia I'll tell this a bit later on but I got nicked in Croatia and I was there's just a sense of calm washes over you like there's nothing you can do yeah. so you just go into this kind of like almost zen state of fuck it I'm putting exactly. a, I'm work, taking this on the chin yeah. and I'm going to be fucking brave about it yeah. despite not necessarily me personally being a particularly brave individual I don't think anyway yeah. anyway if we got time at the end I might drop that because I like to sprinkle in my own crimes occasionally yeah, of course, of course. Um, Right, so yeah, seven days there. Yeah, seven days. So they interrogated me. Um, two guys in, in another room. Uh, they brought the actress in for me to meet her and um, because she had been, she had been, basically it was a whole drama in the newspaper. It was front page every day for like two weeks because of this huge actress. Right. And like I was having an affair with her and it was, it was crazy, the stuff they were coming up with. Yeah. So she came in to be questioned and I, I, they told me she was there and I asked if I could apologise for the mix-up because um, I'd obviously caused her a lot of grief. So I met her and apologised and she told me that I'd ruined her life. It was She'd lost her job. Um, she was working at, at some embassy. Fuck. Um, yeah, it was, it was it's, it's a shame, really. I mean, obviously you're feeling gutted for her there, but yeah. at the same time, it's the fuck, it's your mate who's put her name on the parcel. So it's, yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. Obviously you're not feeling great about it, but you're not solely accountable for that. Yeah. You know. Well, so the guy who put her name, he was meant to be charged as well, but and uh, they knew it was him. They kept saying to me, "We know it's we know it's him. We know it's him." Just, but I, I, th- I thought there was just no point in dragging more people into it. Shout out to you though. So you gave him nothing to say it was no, him. No. Shout out. I respect that. Does he consider himself indebted to you slightly? Well, we haven't actually spoken since. Oh, okay, yeah. but if he were to say, I'm sure he'd stand you apart. I hope, I hope he is. Yeah, <laughs> I hope he would. I hope he would. Fuck. All right. So you've apologised to her. Was she literally like? Was she, so she was crying. She was, you know, she was in a real state. She was very angry, of course. Um, which, I, yeah, I can't blame her. She mm, just lost her job and probably her reputation and everything. Yeah. But, um, but did do you any of those? She got her reputation back by similar sense of You know what? I offered. I said, look, I know this probably won't happen, but I can make a statement or something to, you know, to say that I've never met you in my life. And she seemed quite quite interested in that idea, but it never never came to pass. Okay. Crime Club. Cool. Seven days <clears throat> being held, and then I imagine you're getting charged after that. So what happens is they give you seven days, and then they take you to see a judge at his house, and he basically signs your detention order. So in Sri Lanka, they have a the fifty fourth amendment is a um, the terrorist act, and under the terrorist act, because they had a long civil war. Drugs were used by the uh, Tamil Tigers to fund their activities. So, under the Fifty Fourth Amendment, is 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 drugs and importation. So basically, they can hold you. I think it's like five years without a trial. 
under this act, maybe 10. So he signed me off on that, which is, was a bit worrying. Fuck, and, yeah. Um, That's pranked out, surely. Yeah, sure, man. And then they drove me to the to the jail. Entering the jail. Daunting experience, I'm imagining? Yes. Yeah, it was mad. It's called New Magazine Prison. It's um, it's an old armoury used by the British in the 30s. Oh, so magazine is in, yeah. like, gun... Gun um, magazines, yeah. yeah. So thick concrete walls. Um, it's got this crude kind of childlike paintings everywhere. So I walk in, and the first thing I see, there's this huge rubbish tip on the left, and it's, like, burning. I'll never forget this. It's just, like, this guy walks from behind. He's missing, like, half his arm because there's loads of ex-soldiers and stuff in there. And he's just wearing this T-shirt that says Future Millionaire on it. And it just was so, so surreal. <laughs> there's like nothing further from the truth. Well, he's just standing there with one arm. Is he a prisoner? Yeah, 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 but he just he just sits by kind of, Yeah, he's just kind of fair enough. My first image. Yeah, and then uh, yes, yeah, so you go to the office and they um, take down your details and you start to see people who are in there. There was a couple of other foreigners who stood out straight away. A Ukrainian man who was there for murder. He was um, he stood out of course because he was white and blonde. Mm. And then a lot of Pakistanis for heroin. Are they easy to discern from the Sri Lankans? I yeah, guess. yeah. And I'm, just, I'm just going by the cricket team. I think I could discern yeah. the Sri Lankan cricket team from the... Yeah, yeah. Well, the Sri Lankans are darker. Yeah. And the Pakistani guys have always got the little hats on. Oh, they're kind of more sort yeah. of cylindrical Muslim Yeah, hats. that's the one. Yeah. They wear their traditional... Um, I can't remember the name of them. You know, the yeah. long white... Long white things. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I kind of saw them and then they took my details and they assigned you to a cell and they have someone take you there. And so my first cell was actually the Muslim ward. And I think they chose that one for foreigners because they thought it would be safer. I'm pretty sure that's why. Mm. And um, so it's about 230 people in this huge long ward. And that's where I spent, I think maybe the first three months. Yeah. So were they right in thinking that it'd be safer on the Muslim ward? It was, I have to say, I think it was probably the safest place I stayed because there's little to no drug use in that ward, whereas all the others are just, it's heroin. Mm. Everyone, everyone smokes heroin, apart from the heroin dealers. Uh, so I was, I felt pretty safe. Um, the only thing is they wake up for prayer really early, so you don't always get a good sleep. Um, but yeah, I felt, I felt pretty safe. How were they treating you? Were they, were they kind of ignoring you? Or? Well, it's yeah, it's interesting. Some people... Like everyone's really interested. They want to know what like an English person's doing there because they don't see it much. Mm. Um, some people want to feed you. Some people just think you're an idiot, which is not far from the truth. And um, yeah, some people like, well, I got in there straight away. Got some guy stole my, so I had some like silver rings on. I got, they got stolen. They allowed you to take that into the prison though? I'm surprised. Oh uh, yeah, it's very, um, it's very casual. Really? Yeah, so they, they could give you clothes to wear. You wearing your own clothes? No, you wear your own clothes unless you're sentenced. Then you wear all white. Okay. And um, <clears throat> what kind of crimes were the Pakistani fellas in there for? So I had a friend there called uh, Shahid, and he was there. He was there 200, 270 kilos of heroin, and he had hidden it in, in fake potatoes in a shipping container because a lot of potatoes come from Pakistan. Okay. So he had hidden them all in one sack of potatoes at the back was fake, and it was filled with. Heroin. It's all heroin. Pakistani guys, they're all heroin. Oh, they're all for heroin, yeah. All, all of them, yeah. Okay. Um, and so you said you were in there for three months. So yeah, I spent three months in the in this uh, Muslim ward. So my friend, my other friend who was caught at the airport, he later joined me in this Muslim ward about, I guess about maybe three weeks to a month of me being there. He joined me and then we were just trying to kind of get your life in order you know the first night you wake up somewhere like that you have no idea where you are 
it's so surreal, you know, just like they're banging on the door, everyone has to get out to be counted. It's a really weird, really weird feeling. But yeah, so that three months is the hardest, I think, because there's, there's no beds. There's, they don't allow you mattresses or chairs. or So you sleep on a concrete floor with a bed sheet. Is that good for your posture? I've heard it does wonders. Do you know what? I found it really hard for the first three months. It's the knees and the joints, the knees, the ankles, the hips. But after Because they're, they're hard on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But after three months, man, I think I've never slept any better. That is the best sleep. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, because they, they say it's supposed to be good for, your, like, good for your back, really. It is great. The only problem is sometimes you get co- the concrete floors there. Sometimes they have big holes in them. Okay. So that's kind of uncut. So we used to melt old toothbrushes to like fill up the holes and Jokes. stuff like that, yeah. Okay, so then where are you moving off to after the Muslim board? So then we requested to be moved because they were having... It was Ramadan, that's it. <clears throat> so we had to leave anyway for that month. So they put us in another cell. Just because they don't want fucking white geezers around in <clears throat> Ramadan. Basically. Right. Basically, they uh, want to be with them, with their people, which I get. So they sent us to this other cell, which was it was cells, not a ward, and we had a we had a you know a decent sized room. And Sorry, it just occurred to me, <clears throat> these wards. Are you are you still in your own cell? No. So the big ward, the Muslim ward, is is a huge room, like, okay, kind right. of like an assembly room. You but know? Rambo with beds and stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, there's no beds. Oh, just, of course, of course, yeah. you So people make little borders out of like water bottles and their okay, clothes yeah. and stuff because they have people they like you know their mates and they want to like yeah. they, they share a space with them. They clean it together. They eat there together. Are there know? many arguments knocking about in this? Yeah, well, in that ward, no, because it's most all the arguments mostly for it's drugs. You know, everyone, the Muslim ward. No, no. In that ward, there wasn't. No, no arguments. They're just going about their very, very life. few. I found the Pakistani guys always had some kind of inter-Pakistani beef going on. Okay. Um, but you could stay out of that. Yeah, yeah. you just kind of, just kind of look at it. And cool. So now you're going to a cell, sorry. Yeah. So we get put in this cell, and um, this cell block was not the roughest of the cell blocks. There was two, two on the separated on the other side, but it was it was quite you know it was a bit of a shock after the Muslim world. Like everyone was smoking heroin. People were fighting, but we liked it because we had our own space. So you're sharing with your mate? So my mate, me, uh, a Nigerian guy who's there for some fraud, uh, the Ukrainian guy who's there for the murder, and three Chinese guys that joined us about a month into us being in that cell. How big is the cell then? Big enough? Oh, it's about, this is literally the, the size of this room. Yeah. For the record, we're in probably what I describe as a 10 foot by 10 foot yeah, room. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. So you kind of, you don't have much space, mate. You're sleeping like, people are next. You've got like a, maybe a single bed each. Do you have a shitter in there? In the in the back of the cells, yeah. Okay. And so, so have, they, have they kind of just stuck all the non-Sri Lankans and Pakistanis in one cell? Essentially, yeah. Okay. Basically. Probably not a bad result though, really. Not a bad result. They did end up putting like, when Sri, Lank- Sri Lankan law enforcement, like if a police officer was sentenced or something, they would stick, or they would stick in. Oh, because they'd get jibbed up straight away by, probably, the, probably, by the Sri Lankan yeah. crims, yeah. Probably, yeah. Cool. So how long are you in that cell for? So for the, the rest of the time. So another, and how long was that? Another year and, uh, year and um, four months. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's crime club, you fucking back to front. Hi guys, Shangela Sipafemu here, telling you to please listen to the Brian and Roger podcast. Now, I don't know who's written it, but whoever it is, is probably a genius. So I think you should give it a listen, because it's such great stuff. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I guess that's a long time. Just run me through the highlights, the lowlights. Oh, man. <clears throat> Whichever bit you want to tell most, I guess. Well, there was some, you know, it was some funny. There was some funny moments. We took part in the, in the, um, the Sri Lankan Sports Day, which was pretty hilarious. And they had this whole kind of, they got all these like high soldiers from the army, and like they had a news team in there, like videoing it all. And we were doing like it's like pin the tail on the elephant. It's it's so surreal because you're in this like dark weird environment and you know they're playing like children's games it was really odd and they had this podium with all of the the officials and their kids like watching us like it was some kind of gladiator sport that is meant to like pin the tail of this like big chinese guy trying to pin the tail on the elephant on an actual elephant (laughs) no on a picture yeah (laughs) like you know like and they do like pillow fights but on the beams and i was really that is literally gladiators isn't it it was so (laughs) And I wish it was it was filmed for TV, and I wish I could find this 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 footage. I've oh, tried it. I've tried a few times. Have you? Yeah. I guess you want to, well, I'll probably I'll, have to go there to the film to the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, that sounds yeah. jokes. Um, but yeah, you, like you see loads of things happening. You know, like one of the army guys got caught kicking in a couple kilos of weed from the top of the wall. One of the guards, and of course everything goes mad. We were there for the the huge riots that was in the the prison next to us. We were actually watching a watching a war film and the gunshots were sounding really real and so we turned off the tv and they were carrying on you know this gunshot so we put on the news and the, the huge prison next to us it's called welly cutter prison it was like a tower block of a prison it was, looked evil and basically the the special task force police from the city had gone in to storm the prison um because they just kind of taken over well, it's like it was like a no it was more of a um, it was a search it was an outside search Anyway, the, the prisoners had managed to chase the, the police out with rocks. They'd thrown them, I guess, from the windows and stuff, so they'd all run out. As soon as the police had done that, the prisoners had knocked down the wall to the armory and taken all the guns. Then the prisoners end up on the roof of the prison having a full-on shootout with these guards and the police. 
and there's the the footage is online um but it was it was mad we could hear it and then the tear gas comes and it just went on like all night you know so the police obviously cut the water cut the power gave it i think two days and they went in and um and what i understand for being in the prison and is they use the police use that as a chance to also take out some of the influential drug dealers in Colombo, you know. I think they killed about 35 people, um, and some of them... They're using the prison riot well, as an opportunity to go and take out people take, on the outside. Yeah, they take out people on the inside oh, who are right. controlling the drug. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the big heroin industry. So, so, they, so they just cut off the water, cut off the power, and then just charged it when they're kind of like knackered and can't yeah, fucking move. basically, yeah. yeah. Fucking ass mental. We, so you're hearing this, obviously you can't see it, but you're watching it on the TV. Yeah, watching on the TV, and we the, the tear gas has hit us, and we're all like, you know, coffee is shit. So it's literally next door, this place. It's literally next door, yeah. Fuck it hell. It's mad. That is mad. Did you get a visitor? So yeah, I had a, I had a few visitors. I had my sister's ex-boyfriend. He's Sri Lankan, and he came and saw us quite a lot. Um, most days, actually. Oh, wow, that's And it was, um, yeah, it was actually funny, because I always knew his dad to be a car salesman he was he's passed away i thought he, my sister was like yeah his dad used to sell cars so anyway he came to the prison to visit us one day and he said oh i've got something to tell you so like my dad actually wasn't a car salesman he was just like Colombo's biggest gangster so he tells me the guy's name was night his, his alias was night rider <laughs> yeah and he's just like go and tell these like these couple of guys in this cell who my dad was so I go over and I and I feel a bit silly, you know. It's like you know, feel like oh, my mate's dad's not. What are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the guys were it, the response was amazing, man, and they just looked after us like, yeah. I know ne- I never really had any trouble after that. Shit. Yeah. Sure, not even any little little dickheads trying to fucking mug you off or shit. Oh yeah, you have heroin addicts. They love stealing. Of course. So, people would steal from me. Um, while I slept, they would steal my tobacco and stuff like that. So you'd have a little fight. I had a couple little fights like that. Yeah. And, um, but not yeah. of anyone. I imagine these heroin addicts are not the handiest in the scrap, or were they? No, no, man, no, not at all. They're tiny. You yeah. Know? I was like, like, I'm not going to give you a full description, but you're not a small bloke. No, no. And also, I'm thinking like, yeah, no, how it, tiny are these fellas? Tiny enough uh, to like just hold the head yeah, around and kick them uh, in the nuts. Five three, yeah. and they're they're scrawny, but. This one guy, yeah, he stole all my tobacco in the night, which is, you know, you can't, when you're living in this kind of environment, you can't be stealing from people because it's mm. all you have. Yeah. So um, I had a little fight with him. I, I hit him quite hard and he was like, he went off like kind of moaning. So I had to tell the officer, the white guy beat me up, the Suda, he beat me up. And the officer said, is this true? And I had to think about it. And I knew the officer wouldn't hesitate to beat me, you know, because you can't fight in the prison anyway. So uh, I said to him, yeah, but he stole my food. And that's all I could really say. And so the officer then, <laughs> so I shouldn't be laughing. Then the officer then beat him again as well. Well, I think so that's he fair got, enough. He got a nice, he got a nice double beating. But then you can't steal, man. You know. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, absolutely. I mean, nicking a fucking bit of blur pack from Tesco, I'm all for. But nicking mm-hmm. another prisoner's fucking tobacco, well, yeah, that's that's currency in there, man. That's the same as nicking money, really. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. But with tobacco, are you like buying that from like a little on-site shop or? No, you're not allowed tobacco. So basically, they it's either the, the leaf. The, tobacco leaf which they roll up really tight yeah um seal in plastic and you know put it up there us okay yeah does that give in. you a decent hit of nicotine or is it oh man it's it's the strongest oh really like you can't you smoke it you have to lower down is the it? head rush is outrageous sounds live it is pretty live <laughs> especially when you're there you're just like you know yeah. every little helps and we had our weed you know guys would bring in weed sometimes so we'd when when i got arrested my mate had a couple of bottles of acid and um 
he before he got arrested he was very cleverly transferred it into an eye drop bottle and actually got arrested with it so it was in his bag in the prison and um we one day we were like we've been here long enough like fuck it let's try so we went over to the officer who's like we've got our eye drops in our bag like can we get them out so he's like he's taking the eye drops out he's opening up and thinking fuck don't put that in your eye that's gonna be <laughs> fucking worse and he just gives it, he gives it to us and so we so we it was a good day we dropped some acid and, um, How much is in these eye drops? Because I mean, uh, the liquidized acid yeah, it's, it's quite like that's quite powerful stuff, isn't it? It's yeah, like, I've only done a drop, you know. So yeah, so we did. A we drop. saved up later, or well, yeah, we had like a hundred drops in yeah. the bottle. So we did a drop each, and we there's this there was a little kind of garden around the outdoor baths there. So we kind of sat in the garden and um, yeah, just kind of laughed for a few hours, you know. And there's this huge Nigerian guy like picking these sunflowers it was so surreal was it all the all, all the non-Sri Lankan lads do it like bang it did they ever do it no no so we, we did it again with the three Chinese guys yeah. and um, they didn't have any concept of what acid is because they don't have it yeah. they like grow, growing up in small town China they don't they literally don't the concept of what it is so they're about to get taken to absolute bonk town basically man yeah. they, they just couldn't even when they were tripping they were like no we we, we can't feel anything because they just couldn't get their head around what because they they're just used to doing like crystal meth and oh, right, so they didn't actually get high yeah, man, they were tripping. Oh, they did eventually. Hard, yeah. yeah. But they just couldn't grasp what oh, it was. Right. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? The concept of what it was. I guess if, if you only banged like kind of amphetamine style drugs or like smack, then like it's just a different world, isn't it? It's just activate. It's not even up or down, a kind of thing. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's psychoactive, but yeah. it's not. You're not like going. You're not charged yeah. or anything. You're just like, oh, fucking. Yeah. So yeah. And they didn't have all the. You know, their media is different, so they didn't have it all in. It's not all in their media. Yeah, it's yeah. Not. So you're not. Meant, you definitely don't know you're meant to go. Oh man, I'm seeing such mad shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> Oh, that must be you must have been pissing yourself. Yeah, it was it was fun, man. They, those were you know you, you just do what you can to pass the time. And they used to catch um, they were amazing these Chinese guys. They used to catch us birds to eat sometimes. Sometimes we wouldn't have much food, so they would catch us a pigeon. How? I just by walking up to it behind my. So we'd use a towel, and you know birds can only fly off in like one direction. Yeah. So you just throw the towel up, kind of where they're going to fly, and then jump on it quick. And uh, yeah, so we had a few pigeons. What well, munched them? Yeah, crow. We had a couple of crows. Sick. Really nice. Well, I mean, I imagine your 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 diet is pure veggies, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the prison food was awful. We actually were very lucky. We very rarely had to eat that. We all the visits that you're allowed a daily visit if yeah. you're in remand. So okay. all the other prisoners, Buddhist ways to feed people, no matter how much food you have. So I actually probably ate the best food I've ever had in my life. Oh fuck! Because all home cooked. Oh mate, that's a result. Yeah, it was. Just some days you don't have so much, you know. Yeah. So how how thin did your resolve wear in this whole experience? It's a year and fucking four months. Well, see you in seven in total, right? Yeah. Do you know what? It's still like every day is so similar. We exercised a lot. We read loads of books. Did you manage to finish off the acid? We did. Do you know what? It actually dried up in the end. Oh no. We, yeah. Because of the heat or something. Yeah. yeah. So we did it a few times. Um, yeah, I guess after after a few months, you just kind of every day is the same. You just kind of cracking on, you know. You always have your moments. You're like, what the fuck am I doing here? But then three months towards the end, my mate left three months before me, and that was really hard. Why did you get to leave? Because he was the second accused in our case, and so the way that they what because just... he got off quicker. Yeah, it's a bit weird. So basically, you apply for bail. So we were going for bail, that's what we were going for. And you apply for it in like three months, because it's a high court case, you have to wait every three months. You go to court every two weeks, but you wait every three months. And uh, he happened to get his on a time where I had to wait another three months for my next date. Okay, yeah. So my, my date was actually two days after his and they rejected mine. That was really hard because I thought I was going to leave. Mm. So then I was just there for another 
Yeah. Three and you're still chilling with the Nigerian fella and the Chinese fellas? No, the Chinese guys had left by then. Okay. So you got this Ukrainian guy still knocking about? Ukrainian guy, but we, we couldn't stand each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he a dickhead? He was. He was In what kind of way? Do you know what? I feel bad for him. I don't think he committed the crime he was, he was accused of. What was he accused of again? He was accused of double murder, of killing a woman's housemaid and the woman's son. And he was Ukrainian. The woman was um, Russian, and she had she was a pimp. But also, her husband had a travel agent, so he would use her husband's travel agency to fly there every year with his girlfriend. Anyway, he once met her prostitutes, and he thought it was kind of messed up. So he he was talking to them, and they said, "Oh, you know, she takes our passport. This is this." So he's like, "Look, if you go to your embassy, you can get your way home." Anyway, it happened to be that. Few weeks later, someone broke into her house and murdered her son and her housemaid, and um, d- cut her. And she said she saw him and he did it. But um, when she went to the hospital, this, in the report, apparently the wounds were self-inflicted. Really? Yeah. And there was no physical evidence, no fingerprints, no. But he still got sent down. He still got death sentence. Fucking him up. and his girlfriend. So what she said was the woman whose house it was. She said that he was on the phone to his girlfriend, telling her to bring the petrol to burn the house down. So then she paid a, a tuk-tuk driver, like a three-wheeler driver, to to say that he picked her up to take her to the house to pour petrol. When they asked him in the court what colour was her hair, he looks over at her and it's like brown. But at the time she had like bleach blonde hair. And he's. It was all like he had a brand new tuk-tuk that she'd bought for him. It was all just. Off. I didn't like the guy, you know. I but he you was didn't a, like him, but you could understand I, that he'd been. I, I thought he'd like, you know. I stayed with him for a year and a half, and he was no killer, man. Especially like he had kids. He was there on holiday, had a good job, good life. So like for him to kill a woman and, and, a, and a young boy just seemed, seemed yeah absolutely. And and did he did he get capped on the death sentence? Yeah, well they just brought back in the 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 hanging. So normally when you get a death sentence in, in Sri Lanka since the eighties, you just kind of sit around forever. But they've actually brought it back now, so they've they've actually announced that a, f- a few people are going to be going to be killed. Yeah, is he one of them? I don't know. They haven't said the names because they don't want to cause unrest. And okay, that. yeah. But um, okay, well, my heart goes out to the guy, even if he was a bit of a tit, like yeah. you said. But I suppose is reckon he was just acting out because he felt so well done by, or was he just genuinely a bit of a tit? Yeah, he, he he wasn't nice. No one liked him. He was just got banged up for something he I think he didn't do. Yeah, and he's just angry and bitter and just like just doesn't see an end to it. You know. Mm. So he's still there, but you're not getting he's, on with him. Who are your main boys then? He's still there. The Chinese guys, lovely men. I learned quite a lot of Mandarin off them. Oh, sick. They, they learned quite a lot of English off me. And so we communicate quite a lot. They're, they're cool. Oh, brilliant. They're really cool. And so they've gone. In this last, yeah. so this final, almost this final three months where, okay, you're, feel, yeah. where you're feeling, where you're feeling um, the pinch now. Chinese fellas gone. Ukrainian geezer, you can't stand still there. I, I Nigerian fellas still there? Yeah, but I didn't like him either. Oh, really? Why he not? was an absolute wanker. Was he it? was just, yeah, he was just angry. Like we just different cultures as well. We just clashed. And I guess he's a fraudster, so maybe a bit of a snake. Yeah, he kept telling me that he could get his mate at home to do black magic for me and release me from my from the prison for a small what? amount of money, <laughs> which I was not buying at all. But it was a, it was quite funny having him talk about it. So I'd always entertain it. Yeah. <laughs> were you like were you like oh yeah go on yeah t- tell me more. <laughs> oh god. Fuck you know he sounds like a yeah. That is that is a big cultural difference when he thinks he can kind of like black magic his way out of a yeah. concrete building, yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, that's tough three months then I'm imagining. Yeah, it was that was the hardest bit. Oi. But generally, it sounds like 
through perhaps just sheer bit of luck and, and circumstance, you didn't have the roughest of times possible that it could have been. No, man. No, I, I got lucky. You know, people were getting beaten every day. I think a lot of it, the officers were scared of our embassy, so they didn't want to hit us too much. I got okay. hit once. Yeah. With um, a baton? Yeah, with a baton. What's the chops? Uh, across my leg. Right. It was pretty painful. Yeah. But it was only the once, man. I saw people getting beaten daily. Uh, they would stand on your legs, beat the bottoms of your feet so it didn't show up in court. They'd catch a guy coming in from court with a cigarette and they would beat him, like, put him on his knees and just beat the shit out of him for like half an hour yeah. for having a cigarette. And then the officer would come up to me and give me the cigarette. Really? Yeah, and it's messed up, man. They're so, yeah, obviously you're a bit of guilt. Yeah. Got, yeah. It's just, what it is, is village people with, that have been given loads of power and that ability to beat people. Yeah. It's just this lack of lack of intelligence, you know, no education, and they're just like, you know. Yeah. So let's go a bit to the, the, the dynamics of the... Um, <clears throat> of how you get released because so you've been applying for bail yeah what kind of plates have to shift for you to be given release kind of thing well you have to wait for your date um, which is every three months and normally they so I think they felt the judge probably felt about a year and a half was about the right amount of time for me to get the bail yeah and also you need assurities you need two people to sign to, to just in case I run away and it and, and some cash it was about £5,000 yeah cash to stop me uh, yeah stop me running away running away from where or leaving the country. I think people must do it all the time. Oh, so you had to stay in Sri Lanka a bit after that? Yeah, yeah. How long? That wasn't the end of my case. Yeah, I got bail. So yeah. I was in there another six months. Okay. Not ideal, but better than being on the inside. Yeah, well, I, I got a job. Um, I worked in a hotel, um, in a dolphin watching hotel, which was very different from prison. <laughs> I met some great people, saw lots of dolphins. Yeah. I actually ended up meeting my girlfriend there, who I was with for two years after. Oh, wow. All right. Um, have your have your folks come round to see you at this point? So my mum, she came once, and then she came again when I was released. And my dad uh, came once as well. Emotionally charged meetings, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? More so with my dad, he was a bit of a state. See, by this point, I'd been there for so long, and I knew I was because I wasn't living in fear. I was pretty. I, I was I was okay. Yeah. And so watching people come and like break down was quite ironic you know course, we're yeah. like in the prison comforting them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i guess they're just worried about you know Brand. 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 so yeah i get my, my high court date which is um pretty scary because i have no idea what i'm going to get at this at this point my sister flies out with her boyfriend at the time and uh yeah we I, we stayed in colombo i went to the high court it's a big old like english building and um, yeah, I've never been, I've, I was never, I've never sweated so much in my life. I was just absolutely just, I, the last thing I wanted was to go back in there. Couldn't imagine what, it, you know. And the, the prosecution was push, pushing for us to get, you know, a few years sentence. And um, then my lawyer says to the judge, oh, my client can now speak Sinhalese because I learned the language in the prison. Fluently, more or less. Kind of Pretty much, yeah. So, I can't read or write, but I can speak. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, so I'm speaking to the judge a little bit and he's kind of enjoying it. And, um, and then, so she's pushing for this sentence, and then the judge suddenly he just laughs and he brings his hammer down. It's twenty thousand rupees, which is a hundred quid. And man, I was so happy. Fucking hell! That was it. I was was like, you, did you shout of joy? Were you shrieking with joy? Or was it no, just, I was just you're in shock, really. You're yeah. just like you can leave. It's amazing. Um, my sister went and paid the fine. They keep you until the fine's paid, and then. Um, getting paperwork to get your passport back and like it took us another two weeks to leave the country because yeah. of all the paperwork 
and I'd overstayed my visa, ironically, because I was in prison. The visa <laughs> ran out. <laughs> For some reason, so, they just don't cover prison. Yeah, yeah. So I had to pay, it was £600 to, they were like, you can come back anytime. And I actually tried to go back about two months ago and I didn't get let in the country. Okay. But yeah, so we paid that, we went back to the hotel, went in the pool, had some champagne, it was all good. Man, I can't even yeah. begin to imagine how fucking relieved you must have felt there, dude. Yeah. Crime, 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 club, club, crime, 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 club, club, crime, crime, club. Did anyone try and get you on the smack while you were in the prison? Um, no. Do you know what they actually? They're quite funny about that. They they see you as being clean, so they want you to stay away from it. What? Even the big shots? Yeah. No one ever tried to sell me heroin. Really? Not once. So they just kind of happy for you. If you want to get weed, they'll they'll sort you out. Yeah, they just. I think what it is is the like the upper class or like the the people who have the power. They don't smoke heroin. It's like really what the the poorest people have, you know, which is really sad. And so they just. I guess they just didn't even bother. Yeah, but if you were if you happen to be a poor Sri Lankan dude, anybody you were clean, would they be like, let's get him on the smack? I'm probably yeah. Yeah, they were making so much money in there. Yeah, how did the Sri Lankan dudes get in the money for the smack? Family man, they would get their family. Some of them were prostituting their wives out. The wife would come for a visit. They would be with their friend in the prison, and their friend's about to leave, and they'd be like, "This is my wife," you know. This is how much. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, they they do all kinds of things, yeah. and the officers were bringing in all the heroin. I, my officers were bringing my money for me, my phone. Yeah. Um, I personally would have been tempted to get on it. I did a couple. I did, after my mate left, I, I smoked heroin twice. Yeah. Um, how quickly after he left did you get on it? <clears throat> I actually, so a week later, I told you I thought I was leaving. Mm. The night before, I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm really fit. I'm like, I feel really good. Um, why not fuck it all up and do some errors? <laughs> Let's do it once before I leave. Yeah. So I did it, you know, I felt really, feel really queasy, and then you're just like, super happy vegetable. It's kind of like sweating mm. on the floor. It was all right, man, I, I didn't really, it wasn't really for me. Yeah, fair dues. Uh, fucking hell, mate. And I think it's gonna be a fucked up club. Wrong intelligence, so much stuff. It's not the kind of club they have at home. How was about that then? I'm eternally grateful to Jim for talking to me. He really is an excellent man. I kept asking him questions down the boozer afterwards. He added that he basically had heat rash the entire time. Obviously because of the heat. He got a boil on his ass the size of a tennis ball. Loads of stuff. I just thought I'd track that in. Crime Club does not really condone smuggling hash. It certainly doesn't condone getting caught. But he appreciates there are far worse crimes going unpunished. Many of them by its own members. Twitter at Crime Club Pod. Email crimeclubpodcast.gmail.com. Unist Revolution. Maybe you'd like to have a question read out and answered by me or someone I'm interviewing. I don't know. Ed Beaumont with the jinglays as if you needed telling again. If you are in awe of them, like anyone without a large shaft attached to their forehead, check out his band, the details of which are at the end of episode two, if, like some kind of freak, you haven't listened to each episode in order. Next week's episode is called Belinda featuring Hermione and may or may not contain traces of real-life women. Oh, yeah. Peace out, you dickhead. Also, buy a Crime Club tank top at dubstubstubs.podcastmerch.co.uk. 
Tank top, ooh, ooh, baby, fucking tank top, get, get it all now. Get, get, get your tank top at www.podcastmerch.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all new Angela Sandberry podcast. It's a family one. Oh my god, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.